Hello everybody, it's Sam Zickman and David Redden here and unbelievably this is the, our second season of uh, NFL podcasting without any further ado, the great man and the, well, the only blokes I know that likes American sport more than me, Sam Zickman. Hello Sam and a very warm welcome to season two. Oh, it's great to, great to be with you David, I'm very excited to do an NFL podcast, I think we both share the passion for NFL, We're, um, yeah, it's, it's such an amazing sport. It's, it's an amazing showpiece. Uh, it's it's the number one game in America now. It's probably taken over, I think, from, from baseball as America's pastime. It certainly dominates the, the airwaves and uh, the ESPN networks, but really excited. We're not far away, a couple of weeks, and we're into it, and, and equally really excited to be back for, uh, for Season 2, Sam and the Big Man NFL Podcast. Uh, indeed. Sam and the Big Man back for Season 2. Cannot wait. Should be a fascinating season. There's so many stories to be told. A 17... 17 rounds this year for the first time in history. Um, and so, yeah, new, a new quarterback for the first time in a generation at the Louisiana Superdome, amongst many stories, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I've got two things. I've certainly got one thing I want to speak about. I'm on the ESPN website, but Sam, we were talking just off air a minute ago. Let's start with this one. Let's go and look at some of the COVID protocols that are going on in the NFL at the moment. I know you've got some notes and you'd like to talk about some of the things that they're doing in that country, given that um, the news tonight was that the United States will still be well, it will soon be reaching 200,000 cases per day across the country, which is an extraordinary figure. Yeah, it's, it's a huge amount of cases. Obviously, you've got a really high vaccination rate, which is you know, allowing them to live, to live freer than us. But it's certainly, um, it's certainly ripping over in the States at the moment. And there's, there's some concern. And a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of interesting ones that have, that, have, uh, that have popped up in this space in the last few days. Uh, one which impacts my Dallas Cowboys, actually, David. There's been a... A slight outbreak at Cowboys camp. So three players, including um, C.D. Lamb, who's a superstar. And, uh, for those people that are watching Hard Knocks, um, look like I am intently. He's had a really interesting few weeks on Hard Knocks. He's a super interesting character, uh, C.D. Lamb. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, three uh, three Cowboys um, have been sidelined, and, and they've moved to online workouts at the moment. The Cowboys. So it just shows that it's, it's still really prevalent, and it's going to impact the season. Uh, in one uh, way or another this year, that's for sure. Dallas-Fort Worth is huge. It's a massive, they call it the Metroplex. And there are millions of people in that particular part of the world. And it's one of these many American cities that's got the rich, the medium, and the really poor, depending on which part of town you're in. Um, and it's no surprise. Into, and Texas is huge anyway. Texas has got, I think, almost triple the population of Australia or getting close to it with three very big cities and millions and millions of people. Well, that's at least double Australia's side, so that's not a surprise. Cam Newton's been sidelined over a protocol misunderstanding. I'm not sure if Cam's the brightest tool in the shed. I don't think those, those protocols were that hard, although apparently he had to leave Massachusetts for a, a medical appointment. That, so he's done nothing wrong by the Patriots. You know that the Patriots got a pretty strong, you do things our way or you walk out the door. Um, but yeah, look, interesting there. He's only going to miss a couple of days, but it will be fascinating to see them go through. And, and I suppose the advantage the NFL has, Sam, is that this is the second year they've been going through um, COVID protocols and they managed somehow to get through a season last year. Yeah, they did an incredible job and they're going to have to go through it again. In fact, all the major sports in America have done an amazing job uh, to get through their seasons. But yeah, this there's probably three of the main protocols which you know I'll, I'll kind of bring up now to have a conversation about. Uh, so the NFL's, what they're doing is they're not mandating players to get vaccinated, but they're just making it very difficult for players who choose not to do it uh, in, in the way that they're operating their protocols. Sounds a bit so, like New South Wales. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's the exact. Yeah. If you look at the protocols that are starting in New South Wales next Monday, that's. If you want to get a haircut. If you want to get a haircut in New South Wales, apparently oh. you've got to be double, double uh, dosed. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Sam and I are on Zoom at the moment, and of course I've got no hair, and Sam's looking like it. Sam's looking. He's got the fro working. I think he's following some of his heroes in the NBA, but he does need to cut the big man. Absolutely need a cut. It's time. It's time. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity for a double dose, but sooner rather than later. But the uh, interesting one, so the Tier 1 and Tier 2 individuals in the protocol, which obviously players are all Tier 1, um, you're exempt from, from daily testing if you're vaccinated. So that's a really... You don't need to get daily tested. Now, I'm not going to... They're not actually talking about the status of players, but what they've said happened with Cam Newton is that he, he is required to be daily tested. He's gone away. He's been tested daily, but as part of the protocols, you must be tested at the facility by the team or by someone that's you know defined by the NFL. And he's got tested, obviously, by a third party, and that's why Cam's have to go through a five-day kind of stand-down period before he can get back. So that's one, obviously, real benefit for, for players that are vaccinated around you know, not having a need for, for testing. Um, the other one is if they do test positive and you're a vaccinated player, um, then, you know, you've got less, you know, you basically just need to have two negative tests within 24 hours and you can get back. But if otherwise, if you're unvaccinated, you've got a ten, minimum 10-day 10 stand down before you can go through those tests. Um, and then probably the biggest one, David, this is going to be huge if it happens, is if there's an outbreak and the outbreak is, is I guess, originates with an unvaccinated player then and the, and the team can't go ahead and play, then they'll forfeit that game. And that'll impact their match ratio uh, for, for playoffs. They'll actually be given a loss and they may be held to account around any costs incurred by the other team and the players don't get paid. So that's huge. Whereas mm. if it's a vaccinated player, the league will try and reschedule the game and they won't charge and they'll basically be able to you know, look after or as best they can the financial burdens of any players. So that's huge. If you're unvaccinated... And you and you and you cause an outbreak, you can cost your team a playoff seating. It's a huge one, that one. Yes, the NFL, I'm sure, will have some sort of scoreline in mind, like 21 nil or 28 nil or something. But as an example for those those of our listeners that don't understand how much money some of these players are on, Patrick Mahomes signed a deal last year for 10 million, 10 years for 450 million dollars US. So he's on roughly 40 to 45 million a year, going up and down through the years. But say he's on 40 million dollars this year. If he misses one game because of an unvaxxed player, the unvaxxed player at Arrowhead, okay, they play 17 games. It's more than a two million dollar loss. And you extrapolate that out across both teams. You can imagine the pressure that'll be on these guys to get vaccinated in the locker room when they're saying, you know, this could be the difference between you know a paycheck or you know and these outbreaks might not last one week. They could be you know impact on numerous weeks. So. Really interesting that one because you know previously the NFL's probably been hesitant to make a team forfeit and, and you know lose have a loss against their record when they haven't played, but they've just come out and said no. If, if you're not going to get vaccinated, these are the risks that you're going to take for the league, and you know you need to be held to account. So you know the other one is it may cost players spots on teams because when they're making decisions around you know the, the last roster spot, well what are you going to do? You, you're going to take a player who's not going to jeopardise your season. So. Really interesting times. Um, you know, we've seen in Australia in recent days around some businesses making calls, like Qantas and, and some others that are, you know, getting on the front foot. It's going to happen more and more in the NFL. Well, I suppose the, the question I've got there, I'll just... The, the question I've got there is... Bear with me, please, ladies and gentlemen. The question I've got there is this. 
when you are like I'll give an example. Bryson DeChambeau is a world class athlete who's decided not to get vaccinated, and you wouldn't believe it what happened to him. He got COVID. And there are a lot of people in that country that have fought and fought and fought and refuse to get vaccinated. And there are huge swathes of Southern America and Southwest America, particularly in places like Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, that are just exploding with COVID now because people refuse. Now, it's a bit different for NFL footballers because it's the biggest sport in the world financially. And the amount of money that could... Just say Kansas City's got to play home to um, Los Angeles. So Los Angeles people would fly into KC millions and millions of dollars. That game gets forfeited. It not only costs money in the community, but it costs money for those football clubs. And that that's one of the bigger issues here. People They, they are basically forcing them to be vaccinated. I, I At my workplace in Sydney, um, I, we don't work in an LGA of concern, but the rules are by rule of law, you've got to be by public health order. You've got to, if you come from a public, from a, the LGA of concern for Monday, you've got to be able to prove you've had a vaccination shot. Okay, and that's that's along the lines of where people are going with this across the world. And the NFL has, I think, made some pretty brave decisions um, to, to to doing what they're doing. Um, I can't say I don't support them. And I, there's a lot at stake, and it will be very interesting to see how this plays out, and especially if one team forfeits the amount of pressure. Holy cow. And especially if it forfeits from an unvaccinated player. That's a really good point. That's a huge call, Sam. That is massive. I'd like to see him do it in the NRL and AFL. Holy cow. Yeah, massive. It's yeah, they're just they're just taking a stance. And it's very interesting. It's it's uh yeah, it's you look, you'd think uh, the majority of people will be supportive, but there will be factions that won't be and, and uh, it's yeah, it's really interesting about all businesses who put themselves out there um, with this one. Absolutely. Very interesting article doing my homework for today and tonight. Um, very interesting article quoting Roger Goodell talking about the stadium in Buffalo in, in Western New York. That stadium is almost as old as me. It was built in 1973 and Roger Goodell's come out and said it publicly. And to his credit, I'm not a huge Goodell fan, but at least he said this publicly. He's come out and said, we want the Bills to stay in Buffalo, which is a big tick for mine because that's the, it's that community that is an oppressed community and that's what that sport keeps them going, particularly in such a that, cold that, place. They are the Buffalo Bills. The, that, that's right. They associate the, with it. They're from Buffalo and they're Buffalo. And if, if you ask people much, who people don't know much about America and they say, oh, Buffalo, most people would say they wouldn't identify with the Buffalo Sabres. They identify with the Buffalo Bills. This stadium is 48 years old. It's been going, it's had a lot of renovations. And um, and the the renovations they need to get it up to scratch would cost a billion. So they're looking at that. They've said to them, they've said to the Bills, we need you. So it's Pegula Sports Entertainment, PSE own them. We need you to get a new stadium. Now, if this happens, there's a $1.4 billion um, stadium that they're playing across the street from the current ground. I would not be surprised to see it have a retractable roof or even be an indoor dome stadium. Given the climate in Buffalo, it is freezing. It's as cold as Green Bay. That, but this is a really interesting development that the that the, the commissioners come out and said this. Sam, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think it's similar to what you say. It's so important uh, to keep that franchise there. Um, yes, uh, there's, they're such a historic franchise, and they're actually coming into what's going to be a really successful period, which goes well for this because they're going to they're going to be needing investment. They're going to have to make investment because they need this stadium that. You know, as we're seeing across the league, the, the quality of stadium 
are unbelievable and they're all being upgraded and the Bills obviously are going to need to do it. Putting a, putting a dome on it gives away a bit of a home, home field advantage like your Vikings who play indoors. Uh, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some intricacies around an outdoor and indoor venue in these cold weather climates. Um, I'm very supportive of it. I like the fact that he came out and did it. Um, you know, not too dissimilar to a statement made by the AFL about kind of potentially a Tasmanian franchise, like coming out and getting on the front foot. Um, so I'm, I really like it. Um, I couldn't imagine the Bills anywhere else. No, I couldn't either. Um, I think it's great. It's great that they've, they've stepped the wheels in motion. Uh, you're right. They've got a generational quarterback who's probably going to be the best Buffalo quarterback since Jim Kelly was. Uh, went back when you were a real young bloke. Um, I remember those Buffalo sides. They were great to watch. They had superb players. And their fans are lunatics. Um, and interesting, a little bit of trivia, they're the only team that actually play home games in New York State. I've asked that some of the times at the trivia nights that I run. So, look... Fascinating times there in, in Buffalo. I think it's it's good that the commissioner has said we want the team in Buffalo, and that's that's the start of hopefully what will be a long process. It doesn't. It's not cheap to build an NFL stadium, but the quality of stadiums that are around at the moment is ridiculous. And that that Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I, if I ever get to America, it's the first place I'm going. I'm telling you, you can damn the casinos. I'm going because it's across the road from the Mandalay Bay. But that, 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 it's, it's it's such a cool setting, and they're just. Getting people in there, is, you know, they wouldn't have obviously seen it coming. They've had this beautiful facility. It's just sat there uh, with no one being able to enjoy it. So, yeah. Oh, you know, it's got the potential to be the best away trip in all the sports, I think. <laughs> Going to Vegas to watch the... the, the <laughs> There'll your... be so many supporters that that's the trip they make who, you know, if they're not in the hometown with their team, if they're playing... Uh, the Raiders, that's where they're going to go. They're going to say, well, I'll make that my trip. Well, the main, the, the, those, the Mainlay Bay is across the road. It's literally across Paradise Avenue. And there'll be massive packages going out. Here's a two, $3,000 package, good seats, stay at the Mainlay, you know, comp some meals. It's a massive weekend away, and you get to watch them play at that world-class stadium. It'll just I be... I feel like Mr. Redden might be uh, just waiting for these borders to open up, and he might be off. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, I've, I've wanted to get back to America, but maybe that's not on the cards now. I don't know. I'd love to. It'd certainly be something I'd love. Uh, I, I dream to doing. I'd, I'd like to go there in the Louisiana Superdome, to be honest with you. I think that that'd be great. And perhaps visit the Hall of Fame at Lambeau Field. I think that'd be a, a, a cathartic experience, almost a religious experience to go to Lambeau. That, and look yeah, at... that would be the one. I'm fortunate enough to have seen the Cowboys play at Cowboys Stadium a couple of years ago, which was an amazing experience. But Lambeau would be the one for me. I would just love to get there. I just feel like that's the home of home of NFL, even though the, you know, there are many, many places that will lay claim to that, Canton, Ohio being one. But, uh, yeah, just think that there's something about Lambeau Field and the Lambeau Leap and, and the whole setup there. That would be on the top of the list for me. Yeah, hopefully in the middle of summer. In, in, in the one month of summer they have, they actually play the USPGA close to there at a place called Whistling Straits every four or five years. That would be the package to go to Lambeau and go to the PGA on that links course there in Lake Michigan. Sam, we before we go and have a look at divisions, we spoke heavily when we did our preview our preview a few weeks ago about the, the black and blue division, the NFC North division. Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay as disgruntled as he is completely changes our aspect because we gave a, a conditional response as to how we thought the division would go. We're going to lead with them and then just go through the divisions. Just before we go to divisions, was there anything else that you had? I know you've got um, quite extensive notes. Anything else you wanted to mention before we go and actually look at division by division quickly? Yeah, look, I think obviously the the, the Aaron Rodgers piece um, is, is a big one, but you know, one that close to my heart, uh, Dak Prescott, David, is 
not having a lot of luck, unfortunately. Um, so Dax kind of out indefinitely at the moment with a shoulder injury, uh, which is obviously not good off the back of, um, of the, the, the double break uh, in the leg last year. And he just hasn't been able to get moving. You know, for those, again, that are watching Hard Knocks, he kind of got two or three practices under his belt. And then he hasn't been able to throw at all because of the coach. It's almost like a shoulder, lat, uh, but it's on his throwing arm. And he just hasn't been able to get out there. He's not going to play at all in the preseason, um, which is a bit of a worry for Rust. Um, and obviously, we, we know that Dak pushed really hard for his long-term contract. He got it. Um, and it's a bit of a concern for the Cowboys. They're ramping up. They brought you know Dan Quinn in to, to, to run their defense, and they should be much better. Um, Zeke's finally getting himself fit well certainly appears that way from hard knocks but I'm really concerned about that I think there's going to be a lot of rust uh, when he comes back it's not a game you can just walk back into and dominate uh, as we've seen from a number of high quality players even Patrick Mahomes when he came back from missing a few weeks was was rusty and if it happens to the greatest of all time then you know it can happen to anyone so yeah really concerned uh, about Dak David that's one for me uh, that's a bit of a concern. Um, He's, uh, of course, Dalton's gone to Soldier Field. So if Prescott's not up for week one, who who, go, who stands under centre? Oh, they've got a couple of guys on their on their roster, but I don't think any of them will be there, um, will, will be the, the go-to. Um, I think they're going to, if Dak is no good, they're going to have to look to bring someone in, I would suggest. Okay. Um, that'll, that'll be happy. Now Dalton's gone. Because Dalton was the best backup in the league. Um, no question. So... Yeah, it's, it's a worry. Um, I think that Jerry Jones is he's easy to read in a couple of his press conferences, and there's a really cool podcast for, for Cowboys supporters um, that, that you know that you can listen to and, and get a, get a hold of um, on um, on podcasts, and it's, it's really really good listen. And they were they were talking about Jerry Jones and just how much he's showing his emotions this year, and you know, talking. It's almost like he feels like this is their last opportunity. So yeah, a bit of a worry. Um, don't hold a lot of hope for my Cowboys if Dak's not out there. And the other one that's interesting is Deshaun Watson, David. We've talked about him a lot. Um, I can't imagine him playing this year at all. Uh, He's got enough things to worry about, and it's probably not a real good look. I'm going to be very careful what I say here. It's probably not a real good look for the league and for the Houston Footy Club, given that they've gone through basically a complete changeover with a new GM and yada, yada, yada. They probably need to go and say, look, we'll draw a line in the sand. Let's go with another quarterback here. Do what we do, develop players, play young blokes, give, give people an opportunity at the club uh, and just give give Watson because Watson's got so many issues to deal with. 22 separate cases, Sam. And, so, uh, they've, so they've moved Tyrod Taylor up to first string quarterback, uh, which is, you know, they've moved Deshaun down to fourth string. Uh, they've actually been trying to trade him. There's been a few stories actually about the Broncos, uh, but it seems like they've called on that. Uh, based on some some reactions from their fan base, and that's the problem: is no fan base is going to want no. want to go there. And you know they're asking for a lot. They're asking for two first rounders, a second round of veteran players. Well, they're not asking for you know a, a pick swap or you know a second or third round player. They are asking for the farm um, for Deshaun Watson, and unfortunately, he's just not worth it, David. I'm sorry. It. It's unfortunately that's the way it is. Um, you're right, it, it, and they won't get it for him. They, they might be lucky to get a draft pick for him. To be honest with you. Don't be surprised to see him cut, regardless of what happens. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Uh, it's a whole very unfortunate situation, and it'll be fast. It's going to be sort of awful, but fascinating to watch that proceed throughout. So, Sam, 
NFC, we'll go with the black and blue division to start and we'll go through the NFC. But the black and blue division now, where we both picked Green Bay if um, Rodgers was playing, he is. I don't see any reason to change my pick. I think that the Vikings will give them some... some. I think that'll be a good good division, not great. Detroit will be average. Chicago will be hard to beat. They've got a very good defensive lineup. Probably a better quarterback than they had. Minnesota will be respectable, but I think Green Bay will win that one. Are we comfortable with that? Very comfortable with that. Uh, Rogers on board. Uh, he's got the contract he wanted. It's voided for 2023. So this is his last year. Uh, unless things go incredibly well, he'll be a happy man. He's retained all his signing bonuses and uh, all his training bonuses. So he's 20 mil extra in the wallet. He can't lose. Uh, yeah, he'll be happy and he'll be playing as a motivated man to, to get a win and then exit from Green Bay. He's done at the end of this year. It's, it's done undusted. I agree with you. Um, NFC East was, of course... Fascinating last year, bewildering, awful at times, and then became riveting. With Prescott injured, I think that changes the spectrum quite a lot. Yeah. Um, this is a tough division to pick. This is a, a that's the it's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. Washington's got a superb defensive lineup, amazing, um, defensive, line. amazing defensive side, and it put, puts into context how good Tampa were against them last year in that in that playoff. If if Ryan Fitzpatrick can do something and be respectable, you can almost see them winning it. But this again, this is very tough. This could come down to a last day job again. I'm if if Prescott's out for more than three or four weeks, I I actually think that Washington football side could just get home. Yeah, Washington's the front runner for me. The only uh, probably saving grace for the Cowboys and Prescott is they play Washington twice right towards the back end of the season. So if Prescott isn't available or is available, but he's not himself. If they can pick up the two late wins against Washington, that might be enough. But they're going to have to start well. They've got obviously Tampa, and then they've got uh, then they've got to take on um, the LA Chargers, which is never easy. <laughs> so it's going to be tough for the Cowboys with a with a yeah not right Prescott. So yeah, leaning Washington. Yes. Uh, yeah, heads definitely leaning Washington. Yes, you would think that Prescott's spending six to seven hours a day getting whatever physio he can and getting whatever works right and working overtime on such a blue-chip franchise and an expensive player. You don't want to spend that much money and having him sitting on the sideline for weeks on end. Particularly, the fact that it's his throwing shoulder is critical. Critical. Um, okay, the NFC South, we both picked um, Tampa, and I think that, that that I don't see any reason to change. You wonder if Jameis plays the way he has been in the in the preseason. You wonder whether New Orleans he has been. You wonder whether they'll be. Oh, look, from those other two divisions, I'm not convinced there'll be a wild card come out of either of those two divisions. I think if there's going to be wild cards, they'll come from the south and the west. Um, still, I, I'm thinking Tampa, and I think New Orleans might be a show. I don't really think the Falcons and the Panthers can contend. Jameis is the key for the wild card there, and he's playing like a motivated man, uh, and a, you know he's looking after the ball too, which is what he needs to do. So impressive from him so far. Probably story of the the first two weeks of preseason. And one of the best divisions in football, if not the best division in all of football, is the NFC West. It's going to be a phenomenal division again. I think that the two of us previously picked at least two sides to go through. Uh, I think that we discussed at length, the Rams and the Seahawks possibly going through. In fact, I think I think that the Seahawks to get into the big dance from my memory. Yeah, I think we had a disagreement on this one in our podcast. I'm, uh, I'm on board with the Rams. Yes, and so I, I think that at least two sides will come in this division. I, I think we both think that 
the, the Rams, I think, will make the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt. No, with how good they've got, and they're the second best defensive team in America be, besides the Washington footy side. Um, What's been surprising with Seattle and uh, watching them a little bit in the preseason is that they've changed their offensive structure. They've gone from, um, you know, allowing Russell Wilson a lot of time to drop back and pass deep. They're actually doing more of like a West Coast offense, really quick release, which I'm sure is to protect him because he's just so fearless, Russell Wilson. He doesn't mind, you know, holding onto the ball and, and, and getting, you know, really taken out by, by a linebacker. But what they're doing is he's getting he, their plays, and obviously he's not doing his clutch out there on the field, but that's the offense they're working towards. I'm interested to see whether that plays out during the season for them because that's a huge shift. He's played his whole career with the long ball and holding onto it, uh, but the, the new offense they're running out there based on the, the coaches they brought in is a really quick... Um, release the ball, you know, two-step drop passing. So I, I'm interested to see what happens with Seattle and whether he can get get hold of that early or whether it's going to take a while for them to adjust. That is a really interesting point, and it is a tough division. It's a really tough, and again, the the, the NFL has backloaded divisional games right at the end of the season, which is the way it should be, and um, that will be a fascinating division to watch. So we're looking from both of us at this stage, looking Washington, Green Bay. Tampa, possibly New Orleans, Los Angeles in Seattle, and there's, of course, one other because there's seven playoff sides in each division. Um, that seventh side, I couldn't honestly tell you. Well, are Arizona good enough? To, are Arizona good enough? Have they recruited well enough? They've got a superb quarterback. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Just quietly, if we're talking quarterbacks, there's a bloke who there was a documentary made about last year. He's just about to finish at Oklahoma. His name's Spetler Rattler, Spencer Rattler. He's from Arizona, and he's, they reckon he might even be the number one draft pick next year. You listen for that name because he can play. Um, over to the AFC, and um, going first of all, the AFC East. He's a, he's a, this is a division where you could even get three, three teams in. Um, the Jets are hopeless, and if they get above four or five wins, they'd have had a great year. The yeah, Patriots... For sure. Hey? Rebuilding for sure. Rebuild, yes. yeah. For, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are New York Jets fans that have had rebuilding as part of their life. Um, yeah. Then New England with New Hope, um, with a, a very good quarterback who's been drafted there. Newton's still a very good player. Um, they've recruited very, very well, spent a lot of money, used a lot of their draft picks to get competitive again. And then Miami and Buffalo. It's a great division. Um, I think that both of us tip Buffalo to win this division and, in effect, go through the AFC Conference final. But yeah, Buffalo can, are looking great. Miami just an interesting watch for me, just to see what they do, and obviously the Pats as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see where, if there's some progression with uh, with Miami this year. But the Bills, yeah, they'll, they'll be very hard to beat this year, David. They'll be interesting when they get to the playoffs. Absolutely, the AFC North: Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Tough division, the AFC North. Really, both Northern divisions are tough, but this is a serious division. We both spoke heavily about Cleveland and Baltimore and didn't give Cincinnati much chance, which I think is right. I don't see any reason so far to change my mind. Roethlisberger is right at the end of his career and whether they've got one more run left in him, I doubt. And I think the Baltimore and Cleveland are the clear standouts in this division. Absolutely. I'm even I'm even more bored about Cleveland. I know I'm a bit of a bit of a homer for Cleveland. I really, really like uh, the Browns. Uh, I've got a soft spot for them and Baker, but... I think they're such an impressive team. They've got so much talent on their team. Uh, this could be the year for the Browns. Uh, people in Cleveland will will be saying, uh, don't say that now, but no, I'm very excited for how the Browns will go this year. The Ravens will be good as well, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think Cleveland could be special. Yes, they've got 
superb athletes everywhere, just blinding athletes. And they're, they're such an athletic side. The AFC South, we spoke at length about this because the number one draft pick has been picked up in the AFC, AFC South in Trevor Lawrence going from Clemson to Jacksonville, which isn't very far away from one another, I might add. Same sort of climate. Um, I don't think the Jaguars can make it. The Texans clearly won't because they haven't got a clue what they're doing. Um, Tennessee and Indianapolis, we spoke about at length. I think we both think that Tennessee have still got the package that, that goes together, although their coach has just picked up COVID, I see in the press this week. So Mike, it's not going to help? No. <laughs> Uh, but they got Derrick Henry, so they should be right. Should be right. And Indianapolis, well, they're going to be interesting as well with a new quarterback uh, coming in from Philly and Carson Wentz. But I think we both agreed that the Titans are a, a real show at make it win in the division. And India, not without a chance of getting a wild card again. Yeah, the main thing is Wentz, uh, Wentz being healthy. And he's already showing signs of, of injury and, and you know, not training at the moment. So a bit of a worry. If he doesn't play, they're finished. Um, they've had no luck. Um Pardon the pun with the Andrew Luck. I didn't mean to do that, but there's... Um, Very yeah, good. Yeah, they could be... Uh, look, if Wentz is no good, David, they could potentially get into three uh, franchise um, lifetime amazing quarterbacks in what the period of 15 years with Luck, Peyton Manning and, and the draft um, this year and the, the player we've already talked about. So. Oh, there, there you go. So, so that that's how much you reckon they could fall off the cliff. He, he, he's an interesting build of a player, Carson Wentz. He's actually built like an AFL centre-half forward. He's a big, and he presents a very big target to hit. And you look at some of the other quarterbacks there, and he's not very careful in managing his own body uh, because, he again, he's you spoke about Russell Wilson being fearless. Well, Wentz is a much bigger man than him, but he is built like a centre-half forward, and he does present a large target. Um, and I think yeah. he's still... Say Wentz is injured, which it appears like he could miss some weeks. Say he misses four, five, six weeks, whatever it might be, and, and they'll shut it down and they'll just go for draft picks because that's, they've done it before and it worked out well for, for, for the most part. So you rebuild. And then off to the AFC West, which has a clear candidate to win it. But then it gets interesting after that, doesn't it? We spoke about this before, but the, I know you're big on the quarterback from the Los Angeles char- Chargers, and so am I. The Chargers, oh, I think I think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Um, behind Kansas City. And the Raiders are the great unknown. John Gruden eventually has to produce a side that makes the playoffs. Their offense is pretty good. Their defense was porous. And I, the Raiders have got to start producing. It, we've been saying it for so many years. But that at some stage or another, you've just got to say, guys, we're going to win games. They've got to start producing because the charges are coming. And if they don't start producing now, they're going to find that they're in a division with Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes and they're, they're finished. That's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're in, you, that's a very hard division to be in because you can't see Kansas City falling off hugely right. for many right. years. Yeah, so you, right. you're almost always playing, unless you've got some star talent, you're almost always playing for a wild card. The, I right. think I think the Chargers will get home. I really do. I think it's it'll be a the very Chiefs. Tough position, isn't it, when you're in a, in a division with, with Patty Mahomes and um, and Travis Kelsey? Because you're right, you're playing for a wild card before the season even starts, unless obviously something goes wrong. And, and with the development of Austin Eckler, obviously at running back for the Chargers, and, and Justin Herbert, who's um, you know, potentially um, the MVP in my eyes uh, for this season, if Patty Mahomes decides to take it a little bit easy, because he's he's unbelievable. But yeah, that's a really really tough division for the for the Raiders. So I don't think it's likely that three teams will come out of one division in the AFC. I think it's a little bit more cloudy than the NFC. If it was going to be a division, 
the AFC East or the AFC North, there's no way that three sides are going to come out of the South. I think it's unlikely in the West. I think one of Miami or New England might scrape in, but I don't think both, which would leave two in the NFC North, which, and clearly the Browns and the Ravens. And that gives you seven with Buffalo, Miami or New England, Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas City and Los Angeles, giving you the seven that you would want for the for the 14 team final series. That's right. I mean, you know, could you make a case for the Steelers? You probably can't. <sighs> Given the way they finished last year and then... What happened to them? They would still be struggling for what happened in that amazing game against Cleveland. I would think that that burns deep. It certainly yeah, and, would. And their division again, similar to the to the Raiders, they just they're, they're playing for a wild card and potentially with the Browns and, and the Ravens there. Yeah, it out. is. It is. It's it's a look. It's fascinating. It really is. I can't imagine. Well, if this happens every year, but this is so fascinating that you've got a, what looks like a generational number one draft pick going to Jacksonville. Um, a lot of recruiting going around. New England being heavily in the recruiting stakes. Some critical injuries already. Tampa just cruising along, just going along with the flow. Tampa's got Dallas first up and Sam's just in there going, nice old way to start with, with, a, with a crook tournament. After the first game of the season. Speaking of the first game of the season, our next podcast will be a week one preview, Sam, which I can't wait to do. It's on Tuesday, the 7th of September. Now, football starts in Australia with that Tampa Bay-Dallas game in Western Florida. It starts on Friday morning. The <clears throat> Friday morning in, in the, I think it's the 5th or the 6th of September is the actual date in Australia. I'll bring that up now for you. But Sam and I will be uh, on, I, I think we're on air on the 5th. I'll just get to bring those dates up. So there we go. I beg your pardon. So Sam and I will be on air on this uh, recording on the 7th with the first game in Australia on the morning of the 10th of uh, September, Tampa and Dallas. That's Thursday night footy, and then a full round of games on the on the Sunday on the Sunday night Monday morning in Australia. Sam, can't wait for that. It should be a. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the week one preview already. Oh, bring it on! We're uh, we're a couple of weeks away, and then we get to do it every week, David. And we get content, new NFL content every week of the year, leading obviously till uh, till the early part of next year, which is. To be honest, what we need, a bit of NFL football. Uh, yeah, we do. Good for spirits, uh, certainly for us. Indeed. Thank you so much for your time again, my friend. I really appreciate it. I love talking NFL football. In fact, I like talking American sport with you. It's, it's great. But um, we'll, we'll, catch up, we'll catch up again shortly. On, on, we'll record on the 7th. Uh, anything further before we uh, bid our fans adieu? No, I think that was great. Really good to, to get into it. Um, good to dovetail back into some of those divisional conversations because things obviously... Uh, do change slightly with injuries certainly in the preseason, but can't wait, David, and looking forward to chatting in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much to Sam Zickman. On behalf of Sam, this has been David Redden and Sam Zickman with the Sam and the Big Man NFL podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Looking, for, can't wait for round one. On behalf of Sam, this is David. Bye for now, everyone.